Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta. Because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. With blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary tastes with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. No more batched episodes. Here I am, Monday, September 4th. I was listening back to some of the episodes and I was talking about like Arnie, the dog from the Maui Humane Society. And like, I never addressed, obviously because we batch recorded these, the horrors happening in Lahaina. And so, what? Yeah, no, I posted a, a story saying he had been adopted, but I was like, I don't think I I personally need to address the rest as the Ask Eliza account. Not only that, like, it's not... Like, they can't, like, I don't think they legally could be like, yeah, here's Arnie's, uh, like, where he lives and his owner's name. I'm hoping everything's okay. But more importantly, I hope all the people are doing the best they can. I posted links. I donated. Uh, It's a tough thing because there's, like, what the people want. There's what the government says. So it's kind of... The truth is everybody has something horrific happening where they live almost at all times, whether it is a mass shooting, a hurricane, a tornado watch in Florida, a tropical storm in California, a uh, mud watch at Burning Man. They deserve that, So you can that, only though. send... You can only uh, help out for so long before there's like another disaster. So it's all horrific. I'm pretty sure Iran is still going through it. Like... It's a lot. It's almost too much at all times. And we're not saving the whales. And that one whale at the Miami Sea Aquarium died. Mm. They're like, she died of kidney failure. I'm like, because you murdered her. Okay, well, I'm back. Yeah, so glad to have you back. <laughs> yeah, uh, New Zealand is a beautiful country. And now I can say I've been to the South Island. Not only that, I have been from Russell to Bluff, which if you're a Kiwi like me, means from the very top to the very bottom. And... um just so you know, Sierra was great on the plane. Oh. Very, very proud of that. And uh, yeah, long travel days. And I, I got home last night. And the first thing I did today after I had a real bagel, which we will get into that later, and a real cup of coffee because they don't do drip coffee in New Zealand. So what do That's they right. do? They only drink espresso drinks, like a flat white or a long black. They're like, oh, drip coffee. And they're, they're not mean about it, but like... <laughs> they're not mean. I'm like, I just want like a big cup of coffee. And they're like, you mean something condensed and bitter? So that was a real... I really stuck in my craw. I went today to one of those Chinese like head and scalp 
cleansing massage places. Mm. It's like <laughs> you go, they put you in a little room and they show you under a microscope the buildup on your scalp, which everyone has. Oh no. And then she does like cleansing, like scalp detoxifying, a massage. It's an hour and 40 minutes. And then she takes carbonated water and goes line by line down your scalp to like, it's like a whole thorough deep clean massage and my head felt so light afterwards. Is that why your hair looks so good? Good? I think it's that, just wet. The or front, curly. just the front, the front poof you had going looked nice. It's like that substitute teacher sexiness, but like not the full, <laughs> like Miss Frizzle, if Miss Frizzle was a substitute teacher. <laughs> but yeah, so I did that and uh, that's what you want after like a 12 hour flight and like a five hour layover is to just have someone rub your head. Oh, either one, either one. The layover. (laughs) We had to fly Christchurch to Auckland. Oh, and uh, they have flights every hour on the hour, but because you then have to collect your bags, recheck back in, go through whatever. Um, but it was it's a it was really cool to get to go to a country for a month, so you really got a chance to understand the culture, the people, their heart. Like it wasn't like at a resort or anything. Everything from Maori culture to whatever, white culture to locals to blue collar to fine dining. We just really did everything and more on that and why later. And if you came into that show in Christchurch, uh, you're welcome. No, that was a phenomenal show. Because I was just like, I got to be honest. I said, I was like, I didn't think I was going to like a city called Christchurch. It's, it's not exactly, it doesn't invoke like thoughts Doesn't of fun, like, ooh, fun. Panama yeah. City. <laughs> yeah. It's like Daytona Beach, spring break. I was like, I thought it was going to be in a Monty Python sketch. And it was a beautiful city. Lovely people. Shout out to Littleton, the cutest suburb ever. Okay, so, but I'm back. Exhausted, but refreshed, ready to answer questions about bridesmaids. Yeah. <laughs> the people have been waiting. Hi, Eliza. I love your comedy and I'm dedicated to the pod since the start. I adore your rational and direct insights on life. I wrote this nearly a year ago via Instagram. So I'm going to try submitting to the email lottery and hope I get lucky. Okay. Yes. Look, Instagram messages. This is why we've moved to email. Thank you for resubmitting. In the episode, do the Macarena and go home. You said, I don't know if I would be as cool if someone said, don't be a fucking idiot in regards to the ability of people to take the straightforward advice you often give. It made me start to wonder the same thing. It brought to mind one particular incident that still bothers me to think of even years later. Among my friends and family, I am often the one they'll come to for advice, knowing that I try to provide objective insight, but won't sugarcoat things when they come with poor decisions or a bad situation. Like, why getting back together with the same douche boyfriend for the third time is a terrible idea, or telling a friend when my opinion is asked that no, maybe you shouldn't propose to your 17-year-old girlfriend who's four years younger than you three months into the relationship. I'd rather be honest. She's 17. Wait, what? 17, 21, 21-year-old 21 okay. once proposed after three months. I was like, is somebody 13? Okay, no. got it. <laughs> I'd rather be honest. Also, that's an illegal relationship, just so you know. Yeah. Like that's, okay, fine. Go ahead. I'd rather Sorry. be honest oh. than stand by and allow them to self-destruct and maybe get just a teensy bit of self-satisfaction when they ignore me and the I told you so comes into play. Mm, delicious. This is also why they sometimes won't tell me when they think when they make stupid decisions, like getting engaged to and immediately marrying someone they met online two months ago, because they know I won't fake a smile and say, I'm so happy for you. But are all your friends just the dumbest, just a mess, youngest women ever? Okay. But I'm also not going to knock on their door and hold an intervention. Grownups got to sleep in the beds they make. So 
Context. 40, okay. jack of all trades, master of none with a university degree. I'm a 911 dispatcher and absolutely love the job. I met Tara, pseudonym in university, and we were best friends for 17 years. 13 of that was long distance after finishing school, but we spoke on the phone weekly, if not daily. We both have two kids, and I had my first. Oh, also, this is why they're going to revise. This person's a 911 dispatcher. I'd go to them for advice too. We both I, I, have, about staying calm or about like how to yeah. reattach my thumb. We both had two kids. I had my first maybe six months before she had hers. So she came to me for a lot of helpful advice for the first baby as she grew. But after the first year, the parenting experience is pretty relatable. We had our ups and downs, but mostly it was a great friendship. The one caveat, Tara was never the kind of person who handled criticism well and drama ensued if anyone called her out on selfish behavior, poor decisions, or even disagreements on what to do that day. My relationship with her was a balancing act of helpful advice when needed, but not pushing the boundaries where unsolicited criticism could drive her away. She, on the other hand, had no such tact. She loved to judge and could be very blunt in her delivery. We butted heads a few times, but it was never anything worth holding a grudge over until five years ago. So now this is a 17-year friendship, okay? So five years ago, by this time, my eldest was four. At this age, she was already showing more difficulty managing his emotions than a typical four-year-old. Over the recent years, we've worked with a lot of doctors, counselors, and programs through the school to help him moderate his behavior. Suffice to say, it's been stressful, and I feel like a failure more often than not. We were at a birthday party for Tara's eldest, held at the home of one of her relations in a town neither of us lived in, but was an hour and a half away from me. We live eight hours Ugh. from each other. What? No. Okay. Well, so they usually wouldn't see each other, but this is a... Yeah, yeah, you don't. <laughs> I hadn't seen Taryn close to a year, so it was a big deal for us to get to visit for the afternoon. Okay. My husband okay. was also in attendance. I was counting on him to watch our son while I had our youngest so I could visit with my best friend. My husband came, became more engrossed in socializing and was constantly taking off and leaving our son for me to wrangle. I was told children were not allowed in the house... But other than our youngest two, all the other kids kept going in. My son wanted to play with them too, but we were admonished to keep him out. At one point he had to pee, but didn't want to go in the house again because he kept getting in trouble. So we went and peed on the lawn. To be fair, we live on a farm. So it's been an acceptable thing for him to do when we are far from the house. I had to deal with him trying to touch breakable stuff in the air constantly and meltdown. Okay, fine. I, I thought oh, this question is not about not letting kids inside to use the bathroom. Okay, no. Keep going. Oh, okay. All the while trying to visit with my best friend while my asshole husband was shooting the shit with random people. To top this all off, something went dreadfully wrong in my lower back. I went from being fine on arrival to being in such excruciating pain in less than two hours that we had to leave before they even got to the cake. So, a couple weeks later, night before my first sports competition I've done since having kids... Tara and I were talking on the phone like we always do. We discussed the competition, how nervous I was, and a personal issue with family I was staying with during the competition. Being in a vulnerable state, she decided this was the time to bring up the birthday party and how horrible and horribly embarrassed she was in front of her relations, especially the homeowner of my son's behavior and my poor parenting skills. I'm not one for crying, but she had me to the point of tears and continued to itemize and berate every little thing she disagreed with, both at the party and on the few rare occasions we've been together with the kids in those few years. I think it was being told what a shitty parent I was over and over by someone with no more experience than I that really rubbed salt in the wound. When I pointed out I wasn't exactly at my best, how early we left because of the pain I was in, she just said, you should have left long before that. She finished off with the whole, I love you and I'm just trying to help, but it was pretty rough. I was hurt and resentful and never called her. 
She did try to reach out once with an olive branch that said, you can always count on me to be the, the asshole who gives you reality check instead of telling you what you want to hear. I never replied to it. Then the amount of time between speaking just got longer and longer without addressing it, so I let the friendship die when I would what I guess turned out to be a natural death as I only heard from her again one other time. So with great respect for your opinion, did I get a taste of my own medicine and just find it too bitter? I've always thought of myself as someone able to handle criticism all, but does this prove that really I'm just incapable of admitting my own faults like a fucking grown-up? Well, kudos to you for even thinking that. Yes. Kids, other people's kids is always so such a touchy subject. And mothers, especially us new mothers, you know, you're navigating this territory and everyone feels like you're messing up, but you also feel like you kind of have it on lock. And it's really, really hard to receive parenting advice. And like you said, especially from someone who doesn't know that much more than you, I'm a little unclear on the birthday party thing. Some there's, there's some part of your storytelling that's not making sense. Was there a bathroom for these kids? Was your child really not going in and all the kids were allowed? In which case, what's the issue? Also, it's a kid's birthday party. So there's two things. One, your kid may have been acting like a monster. I appreciate behavioral issues. I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah. And you are probably doing your best. And what's fucked up is that she, as your best friend, probably knows your husband's an asshole, knows your kid has behavioral issues, like isn't giving you any of that grace and you were already in a weird place, which she may not have realized, which is annoying, but she relished the chance to finally let you know all the things that you do that are wrong that she would never do. The question is, even if she had done it, not the day before a race, over a cup of coffee in a loving way, would you even want to hear it? That's really interesting because I think it was just, I think there's a difference between giving honest advice and an itemized list of here's everything your kid done did wrong. I don't disagree with that, but the honest advice also unsolicited, nobody wants. Mm-hmm. You were already stressed out about something and she's like, while you're stressed, I'm going to tell you all these other things. The itemization of it, some people like to buttress an argument. Because if you're like, your kid was misbehaved, you're like, no, he wasn't. When? And she's like, this time, like people, it's always easier to be on the defense. So I can be like, here are all the times that this was wrong. And then you get to go through and refute each one. I don't know that you spend enough time together for her to be hindered by your kid. So it does seem a little bit like a little holier than thou. And almost not her place. I'm unclear on the birthday party. I don't know who did what or what happened. I just think either way, even if this kid was being a shit at the birthday party, if they've been friends for 17 years, Tara should have been like, hey, man, my aunts and uncles are getting real mad. Like, can you tell him not to? Like, if she had done something to mitigate and play mediator at that point rather than waiting, seeing how it played out and being like, everyone hated you. For sure, which is such a high school shooting thing. They also could have told her after and during they said nothing. But it's like, if that's your best friend, she knows that your kid has behavioral issues. The other side of it is you are doing your best, but aren't doing a great job at wrangling that. I don't know because I wasn't there. But regardless, the delivery was wrong. Yeah. And I had a friend like that. Hollywood friend, someone that I worked with. And I was like, we should be friends. And I just remember her like saying like, the way she like critiqued me once, she was like, sorry, boo, that's not right. And I was like, don't ever fucking call me boo, number one. 
Number two, you can tell when something's coming from a place of love versus coming from a place of like, this feels kind of good to do this to you. However, I have a friend, I have two friends who can take zero criticism. And so I just never do it because I'm just like, I don't feel like seeing you melt down. Right. I think the fact that you're self-aware enough to know like, can I, is this truly, maybe if you really want to know, if you really want to know if you're not doing a great job, maybe ask your other friends. Be like, candidly, honestly, do you think I let my kid run amok? Do you think I have these issues? And, And I know it's like, who cares what other people think? But it may be something you're blind to, as we all are, to things that our kids might do that are annoying. Right. And the fact that this person saw you on your worst day, everything yes, went exactly. wrong. And they're basing it on that. And it just, it sounds rude. And by the way, like, even if she came up to you and was like, hey, you're bothering these people, you still may not have been in a place to receive it. If you're like, my back hurts, my husband's being a dick and my kid is like annoying me. Like, <laughs> I don't know the right way to say it. I don't know if you're the kind of person that's receptive to that. I also don't know that her feedback is necessary. You're like, we are working on it. So no matter the feedback from anyone, you're like, we are working on it. This is how he is at four years old. It's not from your lack of trying, right. which is the hard part because you're like, I'm doing my best and it's still an issue. So for her not to take that in consideration and she kicked you when you were down. Yeah. So if you want to give her a chance to, uh, to acknowledge that delivery, because it's always all about delivery. Well, and her olive branch was, I'm going to be me. <laughs> like, I'm going to be honest. It's, that's not an olive branch. Because it's like, cool, do you want to play that game? Because then we can just be like frenemies that are like always (laughs) honest. You should be honest, like from the highest light of like, and I really want to be there for you. Not like, hey, you're fucking up, letting you know. So other people, because other people are bothered by you. It just, it didn't come from a good place. Regardless of anything that happened, it did not come from a good place. Yeah, it really didn't. And if she can't see that, then you're just setting yourself up for a life of her just like critiquing you. And you're going to be braced for it. You're going to be anxious hanging out with her. So give her, a, I would give her a chance to see that. And if she can't, or, or just don't. This person sounds like a turd. Yeah. So have fun at your hour and a half away birthday party. Snore. Right. Don't go next year. Cool. Can't wait to not get drunk. I would not get drunk at a kid's birthday party anyway. You trip over people. Little people. I had one beer once with Sierra and I let her fall off a chair. So oh. I'm not sure that again. <laughs> <laughs> it was like on a boat too. Nobody saw, no. but I did. You know, you'll yeah. remember. She's okay. <laughs> it's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet while introducing Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. And they have fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state of the art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable and it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's. 
and enter the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Dear Eliza and Emily, I have you guessed it, a wedding question. My cousin's fiance are getting married Labor Day weekend and are having a very small private ceremony. Okay, it happened, but this is still interesting. And then a small reception where only parents, aunts, and uncles, and grandparents are invited. So I my mother over the weekend and she told me about the invite and how she was talking to the bride about the venue for the reception. It's a small place, think rec center meets cabin, where a few of my other cousins have had their wedding receptions because it's a nice location, great parking, relatively cheap. My mom made a comment to the bride and said, oh, in case you're unaware, you'll have to obtain a liquor license for that venue as it doesn't Mm. automatically come with one. To which the bride replied, I don't drink, therefore we will not be getting one and there will be no alcohol. My mom said, okay, and they continued their conversation. However, my mom and I were talking after about how even though the bride doesn't drink and alcohol won't be served, wouldn't it be better to still obtain a liquor license and make it a BYOB event for guests who may want to yes. have a drink at the reception while socializing and yes. dancing? So yes. my question for you two, even if the wedding party, bride and groom, does do something or consume something, should that something still not be made available for guests to partake in? Or since it's their wedding, whatever they do or say goes, should a vegan couple still have options with meat for guests who aren't vegan? No. I'm on the side of even no. though it's your wedding, you should still cater to your guests and provide them with options that you yourself don't necessarily partake in. 
What do you guys think? Love the pod. Listen every week. The intelligent and great advice you two consistently give is what I'd imagine an older, wiser sister would give to me if I had one. I've applied so much of it to my own life. And by the way, the rest of the family does drink. It's not a religion thing. It's just the bride's personal preference. Totally fair. And interestingly, our question asker does not drink themselves, but they are just wondering. Uh, It's a little selfish and it's a little like it's my day. Nobody wants to go to an event where there's food and dancing and sitting around and a fucking service Uh -uh. that you have to sit through. It's just, and it's not even about getting drunk. It's just about the socialization of it. I could, I guess I could understand if she was like sober in recovery and it was like, this is a bad thing for me. But to be like, that's just not how I have fun. And it's like, well, other people may not have fun listening to Bruno Mars, but you're going to force that on them. <laughs> that's great. The vegan thing is different because that's an ethical issue a lot of the time. So I don't know why I would want to kill all those animals if I don't believe in it. So well, I guess I mean, if, you, if it's a religion thing for the alcohol, that's also kind of different. Yeah, sure. But it's not. Uh, vegan, it's okay to do alcohol. No, it's, it's a little weird. There were things that I I had oysters at happy hour and I couldn't have them because I wasn't in the room, but I still serve them to the guests. I don't like chocolate, but I still serve chocolate. There are things that people like. Yeah. That being said, it is expensive. And if you're not even partaking, maybe it's like whatever, but it just sounds like a, not a great wedding anyway. So go stay for an hour and leave. Be like, I can't it be happened. here sober. It happened over Labor Day weekend. Also so let us know. Let us but know if everyone again, brought in a flask. Just proving how people just kind of like lose their minds during weddings. And she sounds young. That sounds like a very young person decision to make, to be honest. Hello, Eliza, Emily, Chanfu, and the AIA crew. 33, male, longtime listener, first time question asker. My fiance and I recently called off our engagement. While this has Whoa. been devastating and tragic for both of us, I think we realized that forever was not meant to be after living together for a few months. However, yeah, better you find out now. My question does not revolve around what went wrong or how to cope and move forward in life on a personal level, but shortly before I proposed, one of my girlfriend's good friends expressed interest in working at the company I'm with. While I'm not one to typically mix my professional life with my personal life, I decided at the time it would be wrong of me to shoot down her excitement of potentially joining the organization and becoming a colleague. Plus, it makes social gatherings more enjoyable and the referral bonus is generous. With the engagement Where do you work? Like (laughs) Cutco or something? I imagine like Google. (laughs) If you're getting a referral bonus that's real. With the engagement over, this decision has obviously backfired. The company is around 100 employees, so the office is small enough where everyone sees one another pretty regularly. My cubicle would be row 15 if hers was Eliza on stage. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for putting in terms terms we can all all understand. All of us agree on. Work served as an escape. So you work way above her. (laughs) You can't even see her because she's in the dark. Okay. Work served as an escape after a previous long-term breakup. This time, the office provides a constant reminder of my ex-fiance every time I see her friend or hear her voice. I'd gladly return the referral bonus if it meant we no longer work together. Do you have any advice Mm. on how to avoid allowing these constant reminders to serve as a major roadblock as I navigate this new chapter? Is it worth setting up a meeting to ensure we're on the same page moving forward professionally? Thank you for making Wednesdays the best day of the week. Kia Ora in Christchurch. Can't wait to see you at Denver's Ball next month. Whoa, um, Kia Ora. I was just there and I can pronounce it correctly and everything. Um, yeah, see it was not how I said it. <laughs> not like Kia Ora. <laughs> no, but it's also like their R's are a little different in Toreo, which I found out is the 
name of the language for the Maori. Mm-hmm. Um, anything you want to know, I have. I have the info. Uh, most of it learned from the in-flight safety video on Air New Zealand. Hold on a second. Sorry, Noah was giving Sierra a stern talking to. My daughter's 19 <laughs> months old, but basically turned two years old today. And before noon was fine. I think she's tired and like a little jet lag, but like all of a sudden is pressing every dishwasher button, grabbing for a knife, climbing on every chair. And you're just like, what What happened? Like it was like a switch flip. And she's like, I'm a God, babe, I'm an adult now. <laughs> so it's just right. been a lot of like, it's been a lot of like, we said no, what's happening? And she's just like, nah. <laughs> right. What do you, when there's no like, there's not as much reasoning. What even is a punishment for a kid that little? They're so young, but we give her a stern talking to and she can tell it's serious. And twice today she started, like she'll run away and cry. Oh no. And then you have to say, do you understand? She says, okay. <laughs> but like, anyway. And none of us, we're just making it up. I'm just like, we can't put her in timeout. Definitely can't hit her. She's just a little baby. I've come up with this thing where I pinch my fingers together and I just go, this is a pincher. And a pincher's got a pinch. <laughs> and then I just give her little armpit pinches. But it's fun. Okay. I don't know. That's tough because you're like, what do you, what do you mean? <sighs> so I, I, it's not going to matter soon. Like it's the coworker of your ex, you and your ex yeah. parted on good terms. It's sad, but you both knew that this is good in the long term. It's not like she broke your heart and you're now having to see this reminder. You're going to be fine. Yeah, and don't have a meeting. That no. gives it way more oxygen. <laughs> yeah. And just keep it cordial. Hey, what's up? You don't owe this girl anything. You're at work. You're there to fucking hustle. Bring headphones so you can make your calls where you try to scam old people. I don't know. I don't know where we work. Um, and just focus on that. Get in early, leave late, do what you got to do. But also, I don't think you should spend your time trying to avoid this person. Like, yeah, if you want to take a different route to your desk, great. But the more energy you give that, the more you feed into the fear. And that's the bigger issue here. It's okay if you run into them. If they say hi, if she starts to talk about her friend, you can just be like, that's good. Like, just give it nothing. If you give it less, she will give it less. She is probably not dying to talk to you about this friend. No. Or she has a crush on you. But she wanted to work there. Explore that later. But let it wash over you. If you run into her, you just be nice. You show the universe that it's nothing. And move through it. Don't ask how the girl's doing. You don't need it. You're just super cordial. Right. But Treat don't her, spend like, too much. Yeah. Any colleague. Don't spend too much time trying to avoid it. Otherwise, that will consume you. Yeah. And you'll build it up. Like, she's this monster. And the situation is a big thing. When and really, it's nothing. It's a chicken wing. Or a string. <laughs> Which is a harmless thing. Oh, okay. Hello, Eliza, Emily, and the whole crew. My name is Freya. Been a listener of the pod for years. Seen all your Netflix specials and movie. I'm a big fan of your work. Straight into the queue. Background. My boyfriend and I are invited to a good friend's wedding in Italy this September. For context, the couple getting married are Irish, but have been living in Australia for six years. My BF and I are from Australia and have been traveling internationally for nine months. Side note, I was very sad to miss your Melbourne show this year. We okay, are well, speci- <laughs> come see me somewhere else since you have so many frequent flyer miles. Yeah. We are specifically flying from South America to Italy for this wedding. Slight diversion is we are then spending a small fortune to get back to South America afterwards, but worth it for these mates. 
Of course, we also need to spend money on accommodation, general festivities surrounding the wedding, and formal wear hire for the big day. So the crux of this question is that my boyfriend isn't sure of the etiquette in this situation surrounding an overseas destination wedding and whether we need to bring a gift for the couple as we are on a strict budget because we are still planning to be backpacking until the end of the year. I personally think we should still bring a small gift or do an IOU for a dinner with the happy couple when we're all back in Australia and have money again. But as avid listeners of your potty, we want your opinion on this too. Also, in your opinion, is there any other different etiquette or rules surrounding overseas destination weddings that we should be aware of? Thank you for being a strong, funny, intelligent woman. You're a big inspiration to me. I can't wait to one day see you live. Please come back to Australia when I'm back in the country, LOL. And shout out to my Sasquatch boyfriend, Dylan. Let me ask Noah real quick, because the only overseas wedding I've ever been invited to was a friend of ours who's a billionaire, oh. and we couldn't go, and I wonder if we sent a gift anyway. Do you want me to find out? Yeah. Let me ask. Hold on. Real quick, one more thing that's sad. I went in there to ask Noah, and Sierra was like, Mommy. And I'm like, I can't right now. And Noah goes, Mommy's working, and she knows, she knows daddy working, mommy working. I go, I can't. I'm working. And she goes, bye-bye. <laughs> Very polite. God, I've become that parent. Here's something funny. Bye-bye. It's very funny. Very matter-of-fact child. Um, I think we did. I think the friend who had a lot of money said, I don't want gifts, which is a classy move. She was like, just donate to this charity, which is like such a rich person thing to do. Hmm. You know, I think you are. I wonder if on their website, they have like a registry because while it's costing you a lot to get there, like they are still just starting out and it's probably costing them a lot to throw this. It doesn't have to be a lot. It could be a picture frame. Yeah. It could be $50 to the registry. Like if truly, if you can afford all of these things, you can afford that. The dinner, we all know you're not going to do it. And if it's a nice dinner, it's going to end up costing you. If you take them out dinner, it's going to end up costing you more than a gift would cost. Bite the bullet, send a small gift, find the smallest thing on the registry and just do it. That because way you're covered. Send something, send a small thing and write a really nice note with it. And we're so excited to travel. We'll be joint, like we're joining S you. Send for a small thing and then an itemized receipt of every <laughs> single thing you bought and be like, oops, how did that get in there? Ciao. You could even send a small gift and be like, and we'd love to have you over for dinner. Yeah. When you're back, whatever. But something small, that way they have to write you the note. It's it's the effort and don't make it something shitty. A picture frame is always a good thing. Well, as long as the note is nice, yeah, it, just is, it can be something super cheap on the registry. Yeah, there you go. Just do it. You want to think about it again. Any other etiquette, I mean, it's like, I guess don't don't stress the bride out a bunch. Don't be texting them like, oh, her flight's delayed. Oh, this happened. Nobody oh, cares. Get yourself there. They'll be so I mean, these are also like excited. human etiquette things. Like, yeah. look, I had my wedding that I have certain feelings about and I wrote a special, but I'm not like the wedding expert. Just always think like, what would I actually want to deal with on my wedding day? But yeah, small gift, be done with it. Never think about it again. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
it happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl and Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, Liza and gang. I've been an avid listener for some time and finally have a question for your wisdom. I'm a 32-year-old female who recently went through a divorce after 14 years. Yes, I got married too young, 18 and still in high school, and had three kids with a man who was battling too many demons and not getting help for himself, which turned into abuse on my kids and I. I was able to save up to buy an RV and my parents allowed me to park it in their yards. We were able to leave the abuse and move in in November 2022. Well, I ended up moving out of one abusive relationship to another. As I've grown and learned as an adult, I've become acutely aware of how horrible of a human being my mom is. She always favored my sister growing up and treated me as a burden and is now treating my kids as a burden. Trying to save up some money to buy a vehicle that can haul our home. But until then, since I work for my parents and need help with watching my kids, we need to deal with her. That's not my problem though. Here is where her craziness comes to light. We were talking last night and she brought up my grandma's end of life plans, my dad's mom. Currently, grandma's plan is if she passes, her property, et cetera, will go to my dad and his sister. However, if something happens to my dad before my grandma passes, that property will go to my sister and I and bypass my mom. One of her comments about this was, as long as the money clears in my bank account, dad can kick the bucket the next day for all I care. To talk about my dad like that is horrendous, and I'm so mad because there's not a bad bone in my dad's body, but she's so consumed with herself. Yes, she is a narcissist and money. 
how do I handle this? She's not destitute, quite far from it, and doesn't need my grandma's money, but wants it so bad that she doesn't care what happens to my dad as long as she gets it. Do I tell my grandma about her comments? What do I do with this horrible sentence she hurled at my brain? Anonymous and annoyed. P.S. There was literally a book worth of things I didn't include to back up my statement that she's horrible, but just know that no one in her life thinks she is good in any way. How I came from this human, I have no idea. I mean, since you don't have backup examples, I'm like, maybe take it with a grain of salt. Do your parents not get along? Does your mom have a bad sense of humor? Are they currently not speaking? Was she having a bad day? I'm just like, it seems like a joke. Like, I can't imagine anybody actually saying that. Um, Well, let's say that she did because it sounds like she's the kind of person that would really, that's just like, I want that money. I think you just have to, you don't, you know what? You don't say anything right now because you need her right now. (laughs) Like, I mean, right. It's tough. It's a, you've tethered yourself to a woman who you don't like. Uh, and it, uh, this is, you're not going to like this. It's not that you're a burden, but you made some rough choices and your mother has to, even your mom's worst person in the world, she's had to deal with the fallout. Uh-huh. I'm sure she didn't want you to get married at 18. You did it anyway. You had three kids with a guy who probably everybody saw from a mile away was having issues and good for you for getting out of it. But you got the easy job, which was to work for your parents and stay on their property. So you're tethered to this person. You kind of don't have a leg to stand on. If you really want to fuck up her life, go tell grandma. Go tell her that one thing. It might backfire. I I doubt your mom's going to kick you off the property. But I think if you want to feel empowered in this way at all, and you didn't ask me for this, but get a job that has nothing to do with your parents. And then you can start judging and throwing things around. But right now you're a little too close to the situation. Yeah. And you, the truth is you want that money. Everybody wants that money. Right. And what your mom said was shitty. But I don't know enough about the family history. You know, has she paid for everything for the kids? Does she think they're a burden because she pays for everything? Does she pay for this? I don't know. I'm not saying your mom's right. I'm just saying this is a very muddy situation. And again, good for you for like pulling yourself out and we're going to get out of here. But. The, I mean, this is the, pr- yeah. this is the price that you're, but you're going to put up with her so that your kids can be away from your abusive ex so that you could pull yourself out of this and you'll sure. get through it. And eventually you'll be able to not talk to her or cut her off or tell grandma or whatever. But right now it's not that time. You know what? Or give your mom a second chance and go up to her today and be like, hey, you said this the other day. Like, do you mean that? Do you not love dad? And she'll either be like, I don't remember saying it. Like I've said, I've made really dark jokes that just like felt like they fit in the minute, but like, I don't think that. Yeah. So ask her to reiterate. If she's like, yeah, I fucking hate your dad. I hope he dies tomorrow. It kind of doesn't change any situation because it's not like she's going to kill him. I hope not. I think it just bothered you because you're like, oh, not only do you treat me like shit, but you also hate like the one guy who's nice to me. Right. It's it's just very muddy. And you don't like, th- like whenever it gets into that conversation about wills and stuff, it just, you feel bad. You, you don't want to think about it. You don't want to talk about I it. I wonder if part of you is looking for a way to feel better in this whole situation. And you're like, at least if I can pin it on my mom that she's an awful person with this one comment, I will feel a relief of the mental burden 
of her feeling that we're a burden. Right. Like, oh, my mom thinks that we're a burden. Well, at least I know she's a shitty person. Right. Yeah. If you feel any guilt like that you're taking advantage, it's like, well, no, she yes. sucks. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Hi, AIA crew. I am 29 female from Ur- rural England. I'm in a bit from of- Earth. <laughs> say rural England. I'm in, a bit, I'm in a bit of a predicament that I would love your opinions on. My husband and I have been together since we were 18 and got married this year. We've always been on the same page about having kids. We live on a trailer in my parents' property. <laughs> we love our freedom, are working hard towards our life goals. And while he's always been adamant that he doesn't want children, I always thought I could go either way. And if he's down, I'm down. Lately, that's been changing for me. This might sound crazy, but it kind of feels like some call of the wild biological thing I'm finding really hard to push down. Sorry for oversharing, but it seems relevant that my sex drive has skyrocketed and I've started to find other men considerably more attractive lately. I'd never cheat or anything, but honestly, sometimes it feels like I'm in heat or something. And then that little emoji where it's like, oh, little hand on the mouth. Not the emoji where the guy's like a little red face and he's like hot and dripping sweat. (laughs) You gave me the Japanese schoolgirl giggle? Yes. Okay. So we've had some frank discussions about how I'm starting to feel different about having children and the poor bastard just looks terrified every time. He's positive that his stance hasn't changed and he's scared that what we have now isn't enough for me. I can't be sure that it will be. I'm worried that if I'm on the fence too long, I'll miss my chance and the decision will be out of my hands. Flip side, it seems insane to end a good thing for a possibility of finding another guy who wants kids when my husband is my best friend and I can't even comprehend a life without him in it. What do I do? Do I give myself a decision deadline? Is it more of a when you know you know situation? Help. Context. Husband has always been a free spirit kind of guy. He was against the concept of marriage and has made reference to a few aspects of our life being, quote, anchoring. Despite giving him an out at various points in our relationship, because I was very aware that we had gotten together so young and he was potentially missing out on life, neither of us did the university slash dating part of life. Part of me feels like I've somehow slowly bamboozled ourselves into the stereotypical marriage thing and having kids is just the next step in my crazy master plan. Thank you for your time. And I hope you can help me see this from another angle. Well, first of all, your 30s, you are like horny. 29. You're oh. in your 30s. Okay. Uh, you're approaching your 30s rapidly. This plane will be landing shortly. And <laughs> uh, your sex drive does go up in your 30s. And sex is different. And this is a time when you start to think about these things not so much because you're running out of time, but because this is when your body's like, hey, not for every woman, but I think that is something that is very worth considering. I don't know you and I don't know, are you like a traditional girl? Do you want, it's very, 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 very normal. And people who aren't with someone will tell you that it's not, but biologically it is normal to want to be with someone and to have that one partner, particularly for a woman. Um. That's why women get so emotionally attached due to oxytocin being released when we have sex because like you found someone you want to mate with them. It's not about you're clingy or a psycho. That is genetically how we're wired for the most part. And you wanted to get married and he didn't. And he kind of wants to live like footloose and fancy free and like live on the fringe and do all that stuff. And part of me thinks, part of me wonders, because you were so young when you got together, are you guys sort of taking his lead but kind of mind melded. We were like, yeah, I mean, even married couples who get married later, like your ideals want, you know, you kind of just do not, there are certain things that Noah is kind of serious about. And so I'm just like, yeah, me too. 
could take it or leave it. But if I, if I were married to someone else, I, I don't know that I'd feel that way. Just certain things about food or about whatever. Um, and I think sometimes with women, we sometimes tend to follow a guy. He's like, I'm really anti this. You're like, okay, me too. That's cool. I'm young enough. I know to get married. But eventually you did. And it's totally okay because you've always been open about, I could, I couldn't. But I do think it's worth exploring the fact that you do want these kids. It's tough or that you might want kids. It's tough because it's a contract that you're in for at least 18 years. You don't know till you go. I would give it a beat and I would do some real thinking on it. I would go, when you see other babies, is it something that you like ache for? Is it something, when you close your eyes, like where do you see yourself in five years? Do you see yourself with this man in a drum circle or do you see yourself with a baby (laughs) at a mommy and me class? I just think he might be this great guy who never was gonna be it for you forever. And of course you can't conceive of a life without him. He's all you've ever known. But plenty of people are together for a long time and you just change. Um, This is lame, but I'm going to say it. I read a book uh, in New Zealand called uh, Wish You Were Here by Jodi Picoult. And it's sort of about the same thing. It's about a girl super aligned with this guy. They know what they want. They've picked out the house in Westchester. They know they're going to have these kids. They know they're going to get engaged. And then something happens to her and it's about sort of realizing that maybe you contain multitudes. So there's like an uncomfortable scene where someone goes down on her. And it's weird because I know my mom read the book too. (laughs) But independent of him, you need to do some soul searching because that baby may not even be with him. I'm wondering if you are putting this on yourself or if he's putting this on you, this idea that you're bamboozling him. Because I think it sounds like you're being very honest as these thoughts come to you that you haven't been secretly wanting a baby a whole time. I don't love that he is maybe making you feel guilty for that. But I also don't, I don't, I don't think you have to break up right this minute as long as you're, you continue to have open communication with him. And if you change your mind- Sounds like the kind of relationship where you could have an open relationship. Right. Uh, that's number one. Number two, he may be a good guy, but that is out of the, there's all different types of men who use the same playbook, but that language is like right out of like the slacker dude, like whatever, whatever playbook. And there's a version where he's super nice and he feels your pressure him and he's like, what's happening out of nowhere? Out of nowhere are your hormones. Out of nowhere is you turning 30 and realizing the decisions you made at 18 for anyone are not the decisions of a 30-year-old woman. That applies to tattoos, nose piercings, job choices, boyfriend choices. You married a boy at 18 and now you're a grown woman at 30 and it might be time to reevaluate that. But what you don't want to do is bamboozle him into having this kid and then he's unhappy. Maybe you just take a break. Yeah. Just to see. Yeah. And it's tough because the whole, you know, you'll miss him. But before you take that break, do you got to have a come to Jesus with yourself. Mm. Give it yeah. a few months. And if it's like still on your mind, I find that with a lot of women, it's like, it's on my mind. I don't know. It usually is because you do want to. Some people weigh it out and they can't or it's a hassle or whatever. You have all these reasons you don't do it. But if you're thinking this and I don't get the sense that you're surrounded by all these other babies and there's pressure, I think this is like really coming from within. Because sometimes it isn't enough to just have someone that you love. And it's like, it's just us. Sometimes for some people, that isn't enough. Especially that young when you've never known anyone else, which would be great if you both wanted to just like 
be chill and get in, stuck in the mud at Burning Man. So <laughs> that's probably that. where they are right now. They're never going to hear like, that's this answer. Why, <laughs> she's like, that's why I had so much time to write this. <laughs> okay. I hope that helps you. Let us know. Let us know what baby name you go with. Because <laughs> at some point he'll be like, I don't know why you, why you messing up a good thing. Why'd you change your mind? And you could be like, you changed your mind about getting married. Well, or it was a, she was like, we're doing this. He still changed his mind. He never wanted it, but then he matured a little bit and realized that that's like an annoying thing. I'm just saying like people, and if he gives you shit for changing your mind, that's unevolved because people grow and change their minds. It's not like you lied. Right. You've been very open about it. So it sounds like you're doing the right thing and he will do anything he can to stay in this relationship. But you got to do what's right for you. Okay, I'm done. I'm just, now I've given you the whole playbook. I'm done. Uh-huh. Kick it. Hello, Eliza and Emily and the rest of the AI crew, including the Tree Frog Kid and Furry Kids. I love all your comedy specials and both your podcasts. I really admire you and your drive for success. I am a 40-year-old female and here is my question. I was like, I have two podcasts. That's exactly what I thought too. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, a truth and Eliza and this one. I also have a, a movie podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I would be actually. You have two podcasts. In I addition some, to this one, you have two. Yeah, they're on the same feed. One has have, what is it you. called? Like Inside Women, and then <laughs> no, the other one. No, it's <sighs> named after you. It's named after a joke you made. Strong female lead. Right. I thought it was love so a strong funny. female lead, folks. Yeah, she loves a Jessica Biel lookalike <laughs> made for TV movie. Yes. Well, if she would lose that Justin Timberlake money, she'd have to make some made-for-TV movies and I'd be in heaven. There you go. That's what you should wish for her, for this beautiful woman who's never <laughs> done anything wrong. Divorced. Yeah. Uh, I love all your comedy specials, both because I really, I am a 40-year-old female and here is my question. I work as a custodian in a healthcare facility. I'm a hard worker and I do my job well. Also, I'm part of a union. I have a boss and a lead who is playing favorites. My boss isn't easy to talk to and talks over me when I have issues to discuss with her. Plus, the issue of favoritism is noticed by more than just me. My coworkers see it too. The quote favorites are getting special treatment, for example, a lighter workload, and others get away with things that some can't. I don't feel it's fair. How should I proceed? Thanks for your time and keep up the great work, Rose Miller. Full name. She has a union. She doesn't give a shit. And Rose Miller definitely has a union. Rose Miller is the face of Local 45. And she shared my top of the cob was warm snuggles with my cat for a baby and bottom the cob is when people take advantage of my generosity and traffic. Oh boy. Listen, Rose. Uh, that's tough that another woman talks over you. I know. I immediately was like, her? <laughs> Yeah, it's always tough when I get workplace questions because I don't really have a workplace and I work with only unhinged people because this is show business. Is there a light version where you're like, what can I do to be in the cool kids club? (laughs) I I would keep, it's tough because there's no like HR. I mean, anything you say, they're going to be like, that's not true. And and if you bring it up, like you'll never be in her good graces. It's like, you don't want to suck up to her. But I think if there's concrete examples, you're like, you let Bob and Sheila leave early these and these and these days. I'm asking for the same treatment. I'm wondering like, if the is people the- being treated better are not in the union. I would do a little sleuthing, figure out, Ooh. figure out who's in the union, who's not, because it's like, 
that could be a grounds where then yeah, you could you make your that? union handle this. Yeah, but regardless, I would keep notes about each thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like a thing where you have to be in a union to do whatever kind of custodial work you do. I don't know if you're like cleaning up crime scenes or whatever, but Emily's, I, Emily's because Emily passed away moments ago and is no longer with us, so mm-hmm. I'll just voice what she would say. Emily would say, take notes, like keep records. And it can't be like, I felt like she was nicer or they, I think they got, it has to be like, she let them leave on all these occasions and I asked for this and I've never been given that. I mean, the fact that she speaks over you, first of all, never raise your voice. And you can always, I doubt she's going to, you can always say like, I didn't interrupt you. Please don't interrupt me. You know, I, I, and this is coming from someone who talks over people all the time. That's what I do. And I don't mean to. Um, yeah. Why the hostility toward you? I wonder if it's irrefutable. Like if your work is good, there's also the version where your work isn't good. And you know, or it, she doesn't sound like a, those people get the easier shifts cause they're bad and they don't want them doing it. And you're good. And they want you doing the hard shifts to make sure it gets done which right. It, which then you should be compensated. Like it shouldn't right. be that way. Like you're good. So you have no, to do more yeah. shit. So, but, uh, yeah. Is there a way to speak to this person? and have the upper hand knowing she can't fire you. Like you almost, like she sounds like a little bit of a bully. Mm. Can you get a different custodial job? I feel like people always need essential workers. Like, right. Is there a way to do that? Like, I feel like a lot of people write in and you feel so stuck in your one job and you might be, you might be living paycheck to paycheck, but I like what Emily said about that. But at the very least, I, I really just want to get out what I'm saying. Please don't interrupt me. I did not interrupt you. I'm trying to be as respectful as possible, but I need to be heard. And she she sounds like an idiot, to be honest. Oh, what? even when she starts talking over you, wait till she finishes and just start again. Like, don't let it derail oh, what yeah. you were going to say. Yeah, yeah. Oof. What's she going to do? Walk away? She talks over you because she doesn't respect you or she is vying in like some more that you're not seeing to like establish her authority. Yes. So there's one thing you, you could befriend her. You could be like, is there anything I can do to make your job easier? There are some people who are just bitches. There's this one comedy club. I'm not going to name where it is, but the general manager is just an, I, it's not here. It's not here. It's just an ice cold bitch. Not personal, but just like does not have a smile for anyone, is never warm. And I never took it personally because I'm like, I don't even know this person. And I just know that it's like, you're just dealing with your own garbage from horrible comics all the time. So is there a way to take a cigarette break with her? Is there, is there a version where you get to know her or is it the union thing? Or does she not like you? Or is it, is she this way with everyone except for the favorites? Are the favorites, are they related to her? Like, can you look at this from other angles? Just trying to sort it out. Yeah, if, just try, yeah, try to detective it up and figure out what is the, what is connecting these people that are being treated well? Yeah, I'm sorry. That's so annoying. Hi, Eliza, Emily, and crew. I found Freezing Hot on Netflix at the height of my party days and have loved you ever since. Your movie was a huge comfort to me during a nasty breakup and I watched it on repeat with a pizza. Emily, you seem like a great bestie for a sleepover and I would love to watch movies and play with cats with you. It does sound great. Emily's never sleeping at someone else's house. That's also true. I've never known you to sleep outside of your home. Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't even like to Uber somewhere. I want to be able to get in my car and go. Now, my question. 
I've been on my own since I graduated high school and always had to take whatever job would pay the bills. I didn't have the luxury of waiting for the right job to build a career, so my resume is kind of a hodgepodge of random jobs. At this point, I really want to find something I excel in and care about. I have a degree. I'm smart and motivated. How do I get my foot in the door with no experience? I would love to do what Emily does, personal assistant, co-host, writer, editor, producer, etc. Emily, how did you get started? Eliza, what made Emily stand out to you? Thanks for any insight. Alyssa. Okay, now Eliza, prefacing this, I think you can answer this as well because I think this is a, I think this is less doing what I do and more like making your own opportunities, being a freelancer, being like creating a role for yourself because you have a multitude of skills, which is what you've had to do. First of all, anybody who's smart would look at your resume and see that you hustled. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you had 12 different fast food jobs. Like you are somebody who works hard. And that's all, especially for a personal assistant. This is a non-traditional personal assistant role. So I don't know if you're looking for personal assistant to a celebrity or in like a workplace. All what? Yeah, I I mean, I think... I think, yes, I think with like a celebrity, you're not gonna... I think it's usually probably for a friend of a friend referral. You don't just want a rando off the street, but I think it translates into executive That's assistant. That's what I did. A tra- no, you knew me at least vaguely. But I was other assistants. Oh, well, yeah. I yeah. Know you. Um, yeah I don't true. think I'd ever talk to you, to be honest, until <laughs> we talked. <laughs> we briefed you. Yeah, we did. Yeah, sorry, we talked. Sorry, sorry. But there is a lot of like, there's podcast producing now. There's pe- like, everybody has their own business now. Everybody's a hustler. Everybody's making, everybody's freelance, social media, this, that. You just got to start doing it. First of all, make sure your resume looks nice. Uh So you can ask someone who has a real job to look at it. You can also look online for templates. Highlight in the resume, lead with for every job, anything that sounds personal assistant related in the job. So let's say you worked at McDonald's, like assisted in managing schedules. We all know that you flip burgers, but like assistant managing schedules, manage other people's time, was in charge of minor errands, like highlighting all the things that one might do as a personal assistant. Nobody is really reading your resume. We're reading like the first few things. Nobody really cares what job you got right out of high school, especially if you're like 30. So do that. Make the resume look nice. Have zero typos. Yeah. Have an eloquent, concise cover letter. Be specific. I love personal assisting because I'm organized this and this. Like cut right to the chase. No job. I always look for like no task is too small. No job too small. I can do anything from set up your meetings to walk your dog to get your coffee. People want someone that, what? I mean, it's like this person's asking like, yes, how did I get this job? How did you hire me? But they're also saying like co-host, producer, like I think this hodgepodge of things, this person has a lot of skills. They want to be able to use all of them. I think it's less about just getting specifically a personal assistant job and more just getting a job that has a variety of tech where it's not just like, I am the accountant analyst at the firm. No, you tailor the resume to the job that you want. So I don't, well, I don't know. I can't tell you. What are you asking them? So I think... There, how do how would you start getting into finding a n- more non-traditional job, right? I think it's uh, you are scrounging them up for yourself. Like you would have been finding comedy clubs to play at. Play at. I would maybe be harassing people via the internet. First of all, I don't know where you live, but first of all, ask around. Yes, 
ask around, look around Instagram. Is there an influencer you like? You could always send them a DM. I got a lot of those and I already have assistants, but like a really sweet DM. Like I would love to send you my resume. And if you like it, I would love to schedule an appointment with you. Companies, local companies, there is nothing wrong with printing a resume and walking into a company that has like a front facing door, not like something in a warehouse where like you're not supposed to be there without a key code. And just being like, hi, uh, I, I see this is graphic design. I've always, are you guys hiring receptionists? Like there's, you could do that. I don't know if there's like a local job listing. There's always coffee house bulletin boards. Again, I don't know where you live. So I don't know how local these things are, but asking around, do you have a friend that does anything like, Hey, is your boss hiring? Do you know anyone in another firm? That's a great resource. Yeah. And looking online, there are like Facebook groups called Awesome Assistants where I see job listings posted. There's yes. um, flexjobs.com, which like you can pay a couple bucks and sign up for something. There are job boards online. You find these insular communities where podcast producers are, where where people who who have these skills are congregating and they will know about jobs, job openings. And tailor your resume to that job. Do not just send out one type of resume or one type of cover letter. Yeah. Don't go too wide with it because then you'll end up in something weird. I would I would sit down first and foremost. What do you want? Yeah. Let's say you can have any of these jobs. What's your dream job? Let's say you want to be, I don't know, a graphic designer. Okay, let's just say. Maybe you start, obviously you have to take classes, but like start as a receptionist, start as the gopher, start as the assistant. People at companies want to hire someone who will just like eat shit and work hard and have a great attitude. That's all anyone wants. If you have that many skills, you can do kind of like what I wound up doing, which is I look at the company. Like I look when I had to leave Eliza because I was moving. I I looked at companies I liked because I was like, oh, I could do social. I could do marketing. I could do this or that. So I just found a company and they had a marketing communications type job and I applied for that. So it sounds like you could do any of those. Like find the place you want to be. But before you do any of it, write down what you like. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you'll be working at reception in a post-production house for the rest of your life. (laughs) Oh, there's so mean there. There you go. I mean, we got a spam email into the Ask Eliza box that says, you could be living the dream so I can send along whatever tips that has. Oh, I'm good. Thanks to Catherine and her graciousness, my bank account has never been bigger. (laughs) Is this still working for people? All right, do we, should we do one more? Mm, I think it's cob time. It's cob time. It's a talk with a cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite, top of the cob. Let's start with the fan one. Bottom of the cob. My bottom of the cob is when people use acronyms for words that are already short. THX for thanks. PLS for please. If I'm doing a favor for you, you can spell out the gratitude. Eileen, P.S. Love you guys. You, Eliza, you hate a congrats. It'd be funny if she wrote love you with a U. (laughs) Eileen, I am right there with you. If it was worth writing, you can write out the full congratulations. THX to me is so passive aggressive. I hate it. I assume the person's nasty. (laughs) I have one person in my life that I reserve abbreviated things for. And it's for me to be like, I don't care. Like TNK, tink. (laughs) When you don't, when you don't care, you take out all the vowels. Well, it's like when someone sends a K, it's usually very pointed. Just the letter K. K. And you know it too. You know what you're doing. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with you. What's your, what's the top? You want a fan oh, top or you want my bottom? 
You do your bottom. My bottom. I have found myself, I still am not on TikTok. I mean, I own it, but I'm not looking at it. I'm on Facebook Reels. That's figured out what I like, which is people tapping their nails on things, pouring sand into things, cooking something disgusting, a, a wide variety of disgusting videos I watch in bed. And yeah. the the there is seems to be a thing. I can't tell if it's purposeful or if it is the nature of people creating content for TikTok earlier. Content like blue balls where I'm watching a video and it cuts off before like the thing happens. Like they're opening something and they don't finish opening it. Or like they're freeze drying something and they don't finish. Like the video cuts off the second before or they show something and you they make a cake and you see the cake for a millisecond. And then I'm like, I'm going to their profile. Like, was there a longer video? Yes. And now I need to I see the cake. They, I think some people are dumb. Well, it's weird because it's like you think you'd be wanting people to like click for a part two. Right. Because that's, I see that too. That's a separate thing. This is like, we're not finishing what we're doing here. I, I need, to, now I've watched this for 59 seconds or whatever. I need to finish yeah. it. And I'm so furious. I'll go to their profile sometimes and there is no part two. And I see that there are no comments yeah. on the video and I'm the only view. And I'm like, how did this get served to me? What is happening? Ooh, that feels eerie. I hate Possible it. they just posted it and they're going to post part two later. Doubt it. Doubt uh, it. Other possibility is that they're stupid, but third possibility is that they just wanted you to go to their page, which you yeah, did. I did. Fourth possibility is it's this new Gen Z, like they don't even know that you're supposed to finish a video. So they're like, here's just the action. We're all about action. <laughs> I think there's a 50% chance that they're making it for TikTok, which can be like longer and they're uploading it automatically no. to Reels and that's cutting it off and they're not even noticing. I really, in terms of like the shorter videos, I really hate the templates on reels where it's like, take your entire vacation in Italy and put it into millisecond videos. And I'm like, that's not how life should be experienced. Like I mean, to a five seconds of summer song that, that doesn't give, who is this for? And it wrecks your fucking neurological pathways and your eyeballs. And we're all just uploading hard fought and won moments of our lives. So it's just like, I was chasing highs. And it's like, <laughs> and there's your wedding. See, I'm watching people open like a 10, 30-year-old no, play school toy and then go on on the plastic. Tap, 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 and then tap, they tap, pull tap. out the marble and then they put the marble in. And I don't see the marble go down and I'm upset. I hate it all. I hate it all. What's your bottom? I hate the fetishization of plastic too. Oh, so much. But I actually was thinking about you as I was watching people. Do you know there are now all these mini blind bag things where it's miniature versions of a Subway drink, miniature versions that. of, and they're just opening it and it's plastic. You don't know what you're going to get. So you buy 50 and you hope you get something you like. That people uh, like self-care. It's always like here are 50 single use plastic products I have in my purse because you know your girl has to keep it fresh. Restocking. Restocking. Restocking my daughter's mini fridge. That's your, that's disgusting. Your kid's going to have a weird eating disorder. No mini fridge, no plastic. And it's just endless single use. So I can have my shitty French manicure with my husband named Bliptron. <laughs> and I, it's always like, I grew up poor. Therefore I can ignore the planet by, because I have money now. Like, I'm sorry. I'm just going to call this out. I was such a fan of Cardi B. And I like her vibe and I like that she's herself and I would watch her Instagram and this woman would always have catered food at her house because she's got a lot of people there. Always. She's a multi-million dollar house, drip, head to toe dripping in designer, always eating off of a paper plate and a plastic fork. 
It's not like you're poor. Like you can afford to wash a fucking dish or have someone wash it for you. People just don't think about that. Yeah. In like a selfish pursuit of consumption and consumerism. It's not that I don't use plastic, but I, you like, you will never see me eating off of a plastic fork and a plastic plate, just having regular dinner at my house. Right. It drives me crazy. There's a, I could talk about this all day, but like, also I'm sorry, going to Starbucks is not a flex. Like, let's go to Starbucks. Like bring your own fucking cup. Just, ugh, ugh. Grow a fucking personality. Tap, 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 headed to Target, got my Starbucks. Like read a fucking book. (laughs) They're just going to hold up a book and tap their nails on it. I feel like so many people just return tickets to my show because that was like so much of my fan base. <laughs> okay, I could I could get into it more. Um, Put your Stanley tumblers down. Keep your tickets. And, don't, and uh, yeah, if that offended you, like, okay, if you really can't afford it, then obviously that's not for you. If you really need to eat off a plastic fork and we've all done it, but in your home, no. Yeah. If you have under 10 kids, then do the dishes. What's your bottom? <laughs> Well, I have two. Okay. Basically, I loved New Zealand. I really love the people. Okay, I'm going to do my top and bottom at the same time. Okay. Do you want, okay, do you want me to do our top, me and the fans top and you close us out? Let's get yours out of the way. Go ahead. Okay, fan top. Hello. Just want to share that back in April on Easter weekend, my husband and I had to take our eight-year-old rescue pup to the emergency vet and found out she has cancer. It's been quite the journey since then with a lot of ups and downs. She ended up having surgery to remove the cancer and then five rounds of chemo. Well, this past week, she had her final chemo treatment and is officially in remission. We are so happy to be able to have her around a bit longer. Uh, I've attached a photo that the vet sent us for when she finishes. It's too adorable not to share. And this dog is grinning and there's a sign. It says, I finished chemo today. I'm a cancer warrior. And this dog is full on smiling. That's adorable. And I'm really glad it worked. I feel like a lot of times it's like your pet has cancer. That's it. I'm glad that it worked. Right. And that you were able to, yeah. Uh, My top of the cob. cob. I know. (laughs) Mine is not as good. I went to Dragon Con this past weekend. Um, My top of the cob is I go with my dad uh, since moving back here. And then we like people watch. We just have a nice time. We stand in a corner. We try to figure out what people's costumes are. I have a big Coke. He has a beer. It's a nice time. It was a good weekend. Is it, is it, is DragCon a dragon. play on DragonCon? No, no I know. <laughs> Which came first? And is DragCon Dragon Con just people dressed as dragons? No, DragonCon is just like a sci-fi comic convention. So like Elijah oh. Wood was there and, you know, Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> Speaking of The Hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> Did some hobbits beat you up in New Zealand? Is that your bottom Yo, and I top? Have, I've never seen Lord of the Rings and I don't care. I... I was shocked how little it came up while oh. visiting that country. Yeah. I did go to the Weta workshop though, where they do Weta, where they do all the models and the special That's effects cool. makeup and everything. Yeah. And uh, we did something very cool there, but I can't, I can't reveal it till later. You did a secret. Um, okay. Well, a Weta is a bug. A Weta is, so oh. this is um, like the studio that create, like they get yeah. licensed out to do, right. They do Aweta like, is, like special effects. Stuff, props, make like pieces, ugly creatures. Yeah. A weta is a bug and it's Maori or sorry, it's Tereo for like ugly bug creature or something. And it's like a beetle that's got like brown armor. It's an ugly bug. 
but they gifted Sierra a bunch of like toys and one of them was a stuffed Weta. And I have so many pictures of her just holding this cockroach and she named she named it Sierra. <laughs> and so I don't know if she named it that or I asked her what his name was and she just said her own name. But now at night we have, we take each animal and I'm like, and where's Tianfu? And she has the white one. I'm like, and where's Gogo? And I go, and where's Sierra? And she grabs this hideous bug. (laughs) What are the other creatures? There's Sierra the Weta. There's Gugu or Gogo, which is a pink kangaroo. There's Money, which is her cashmere blanket that grandma made her, which I think... (laughs) Our nanny said that costs a lot of money. So now she calls it money. <laughs> money. There's Tianfu, which is just a little white stuffed dog. And there's Bunny, which is a bunny. Mm-hmm. No one has like a crazy name. <laughs> Except for Sierra. And then there's like another blanket. That's just the other, it's just blanket. Um, my top of the cob was... So your bottom the- is that your daughter named her cockroach after no. herself? Oh, I have so many bottoms. Um, I wanted to talk to you about a TV show. Oh? Okay. Okay. I wrote, wrote down a bunch of Okay. My top and bottom of the cob, the first ones go hand in hand like this. Spent a month in New Zealand. Learned all about it. Loved it. The people are great. They're, it's just in general, a culture that's like a little bit more laid back. Um, even at the airport, when we were going through in Auckland, we got to this one line that was like priority line. Uh, for like going through to customs. And I was like, I have express because we were first class. My daughter and the nanny don't. And the guy was like, just go through. It's fine. Like there's less of a, there's no attitude. Something goes wrong. We were checking in our bag and like an alarm went off. And I didn't get the feeling that like I was going to get detained and miss my flight. The guy was like, let's just give it a beat. She'll work itself out. Like that was Australian. Let's just give it a beat. She'll work itself out. Um, Just chill. The people are warm and lovely and just nice. Just, they're just great. So that was my top of the cob. And my bottom of the cob was the first person I interacted with at LAX. It was like a cold slap in the <laughs> face reminder. They're like, you are not in Back New Zealand home. anymore. I don't trust airport workers because I do. I'll never forget going to Global Entry one time. And this woman was like, I need to see your Global Entry card. And I was like, well, the government has my face, my eyeballs and my fingerprints on that machine. Just let me do the machine. And she because I didn't have my card with me, which no one asked for anymore. I couldn't get through. And I was like, that's so arbitrary. And so I get to this woman and I had a question and I wasn't understanding her answer. And I said, wait, so if I have global entry, but my baby doesn't, she goes, you cannot go through. I go, okay. And I had warm because She goes, I'm not trying to argue with you. And I go, I'm not arguing. I'm, you're supposed to give me information that I'm asking for. And it was like, no one in New Zealand would start with, I'm not arguing with you. You're just like, I'm not arguing with you either. You fucking bitch. (laughs) I'm asking for clarification. Like, I don't know when we started to live in the society of like absolutism where whatever you say goes and I'm not allowed to ask a question. Fucking fascist. Uh, My other bottom of the cob was New Zealand. You're incredible. You're beautiful. You guys have, you take biodiversity so seriously. I respect you. I'm embarrassed for your bagels. And I can say that now. They don't know what a bagel is over there. (laughs) They have this brand called Ugly Bagel, which is basically just round bread with a hole in it. Most people don't over there have like never had an everything bagel. (laughs) They don't do like a bagel and locks. They treat it like a sandwich, like sandwich bread. And it's because there's not a lot of Jews there. 
but I implore someone Jewish there in Auckland to open a real bagel place just so people there can enjoy. You shipped in everyone else's culture. Everyone maybe, should maybe enjoy. Maybe that's your calling. You go there and open a bagel shop. I can't follow a recipe. And it's not like I eat a lot of bagels, but it was the first thing I ate this morning was a bagel from Courage Bagels. And a drip coffee because I don't have drip coffee. But the bagel, I was shocked because I just assumed it was like a thing everybody had. It's not even like a Jewish thing. It's just there's bagels everywhere. Even like a grocery store lender's bagel would have been better. But, uh, and they eat it with like lemon curd or jam or. So just like toast, basically. Toast that's round. There's sometimes they're grilled and you're like, what is going on? Is lox an option at all? Maybe. Would you probably not trust it? <laughs> no, I would trust it. Uh, some of the yeah. best smoked salmon in the world comes from the South Island. And I had oh, it. I saw a post that Noah did. And I was so jealous. It was gorgeous. Um, that was it. That's me shaming you. It's tough to make fun of that country because they're awesome. But that's that's your one. You lose a point <laughs> so on that one, one thing. It's funny. I went for a facial um, in Christchurch, and I was talking to the lady, and I noticed that she had a, a different accent. And I said, "Are you from South Africa?" I pride myself on like identifying accents. She goes, I am. And I was like, oh, I go, I'm from Dallas, Texas. There's a big population of South African Jews there. And she goes, I'm Jewish. And I go, I'm Jewish. <laughs> and I go, I, and I was like, I found you. I go, are there any other Jews in Christchurch? She was like, there's about 80 of us. There's <laughs> like some anti-Semitism here. Yeah. And I go, I go, they don't know what a bagel is here. She goes, they don't. <laughs> just like, it was a cool cultural moment. So, uh, Unrelated to that, and I should get to my dates, but I do want to give a shout out to a TV show that I would have not have watched normally. I'm not allowed to do that because there's a strike now, but I'm just going to say it. There's like a really weird selection of movies and TV on Air New Zealand. And then I saw an ad for Love and Death, the Elizabeth Olsen vehicle on HBO. Oh, I didn't watch, but I... Uh, weirdly, so the name of the woman in it is Candy Montgomery. And I was like, why does the name Candy, who killed someone, ring in my head? And it's because your girlfriend, Jessica, Jessica Beale. Be- so apparently the story was so compelling to major networks. I were and, like... <laughs> the reason I know about it is there was a comparison of Melanie Linsky played a role in one of them that the woman... Rathbone, Sarah, something from 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 Lily American Horse, yes, played in the other. So they were showing how both of them played like the same conversation, totally differently. Oh, interesting. Lily Rabe was. I was like, I know that actress. She has that look in her eye that like she's always about to have a breakdown. Yeah, like, that's the way she plays. She was so good. She is such a phenomenal actress. Elizabeth Olsen needs an Emmy for this show. Mm-hmm. I hope you guys. DM her, let her know. She's so pretty and she's so compelling to look at, but she is such a fucking phenomenal actress. And kudos to Jesse Plemons for being such a good actor that he has set up a career where like, it's just feasible that women are into him. <laughs> he's so yeah, look good at, how he's at being doing in, in real life. Yeah, Kristen Dunst. But I got to tell you what I enjoyed about this show. And I resisted Googling what happens in the end uh, in real life. <laughs> It takes place just outside of Dallas, basically in like McKinney, which is a suburb of Dallas, 1978 to 1980. And I was born in 1983. So 80s Dallas is like something in the back of my nostalgia. It's a time period and a place that don't, doesn't get a lot of, it's always like a Friday Night Lights or like a true detective vibe or something when it's the South. But 
there was something very special being from that area. Not so much McKinney, but the they captured it like a sense of place. Like when you watch Mayor of Easton, you're like, oh, I get where they are. Like, I feel like I'm in that town. Being from there, they nailed the houses, the trees, the accents. It just was like a nice, I watched it looking for the hotel that I knew. The hotel where they had the affair is like a hotel my friends and I used to have a joke about. And it's fun to hear names and places and things. And, and I enjoyed that. And they just nailed it. Like some of the stuff in their house, I was like, oh my God, we had that. So shout out to that show, which I then came home and power watched four more hours of to finish the season. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. Now I'll have to watch it. Great. I think you'll love no, it. No, but everybody shouldn't watch it. It would be nice if you, all oh right, don't watch it because the union. It'd be nice if you had a crush on a legitimately attractive, good actress. <laughs> Are we talking about like Elizabeth Olsen? She's very pretty. But she looks like the Olsons and I grew up with no, the Olsons. I, don't, I was watching fair. Mary Kate and Ashley's private detective agency VHS tapes in their slumber party when they're like, give me pizza. P-I-Z-Z-A. I want pizza. In my mind, (laughs) I was Elizabeth Olsen and we were at like a fan con thing and that's this is what you're telling me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still in that mode from the weekend. (laughs) I love it. Um, This hot track, you guys, this, uh, the America leg of my hard feelings tour kicks off in like 72 hours. Oh God. We are headed to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We are headed to Chicago and we're headed to Grand Rapids. I think there are almost, I don't think there's any tickets left for Chicago, but you can always try. And then we're coming to you, Denver. We're coming to you, Dallas, right there in Grand Prairie. We're coming to Boston. Get your tickets for those arena shows. Houston and Austin and Dallas are the next week. We're all over. Tickets at Eliza.com slash tour. If you like this podcast, write a little review, like, subscribe. But more importantly, tell your friends. Mm -hmm. We always want new listeners. And remember, it's not the way you make the bagel that counts. It's where you put the hole. Whoa! The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. Mixed with blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar for the perfect balance of sweet, salty, and sour every time. Discover legendary taste with Cayman Jack. America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave.